Let's pray. Be with us, Lord, we pray as we open your word. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see so that we might know your truth, love your commands and delight to do your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. One of the things that we cannot say about Jesus' 12 disciples is that they were super Christians. In most of their exchanges with Jesus, uh, far from being heroic and faithful, they more likely seem bewildered and fearful. And as we read about the disciples, we're not disappointed by their failures. In a strange way, we're actually rather encouraged. And we're encouraged because they're just like us. Like us, they're often really quite surprised by what Jesus says, particularly about himself. And like us, they're sometimes even troubled by what Jesus says. And I think the disciples are troubled for a few reasons. They're troubled in part because Jesus had told them that Peter would disown him. And I mean, if Peter's going to fail, what hope for the rest of them? Despite Peter's many faults, faithfulness, courage and loyalty, he normally did that pretty well. They're also troubled because Jesus had told them that he's going away and for now where he was going they could not follow. The third reason the disciples are troubled is that there seemed to be just so much more to do. If the kingdom of God was about to come then a lot of things needed to change in a hurry. They had some success when Jesus sent them out to preach the coming of the kingdom but the thought of doing that again without Jesus, well, it seemed hopeless. After all, what sort of a kingdom has an absent king? And lastly, I think the disciples were troubled because they really did long to see God. They longed to see his kingdom come. But that didn't seem likely any time soon, for theirs was an occupied country, and life was far from easy. The hope of reigning with Christ in his kingdom was something that they'd spent most of their lives longing for. But if the king purposes to die and then go to his father's place in heaven, then hope can quickly evaporate. No wonder then that Jesus says to them in verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. And that's something the disciples really needed to hear. But I reckon it's also something that we need to hear. Because like the disciples, it's e easy for us to have troubled hearts. And our reasons for that are not very different to theirs. They were troubled because Jesus said he would leave them. And in the short term, there was no way to follow. And though we now understand better than the disciples did, we still make the same mistake when we think that the only thing that's real is what we can see and hear and touch. But what Jesus ultimately offers to his disciples, and indeed to us, is not just the promise of a future and eternal life, he also offers to us in the present the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, sent from the Father and in Jesus' name. And because he is God's presence, who abides with us 
and in us, he sustains us as bread sustains the body and the vine sustains the branch. He teaches us and he gives us peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And lastly, like the disciples, we're also troubled about how we're going to remain faithful until Jesus returns from where we can't follow. After all, everything around us seems to be travelling, well, not on God's highway, but on the my way highway. Not towards God, but away from him. Not through Jesus, but around him. And even though we often pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's hard to see where that prayer is being answered. Far from God's kingdom being built, it now seems to be crumbling around us. And just as God's Shekinah glory rose up and left the temple to be just a hollow structure that was eventually pulled down and destroyed, so too is God's Holy Spirit seemingly abandoned the Western world and left merely the hollow structures of Christendom, structures that are rapidly crumbling around us. And so like the disciples, we can easily succumb to despair. Sure, we believe in God, but everything around us would tell us otherwise. We long for clear direction, we long for certain truth, and we want to live a life that has purpose and hope. But we don't get that from one another, and just having stuff gives us no lasting joy. Like Philip, we really do long to see the face of God. As he says to Jesus in verse 8, he says, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. And it's here that we get another one of those really bewildering statements from Jesus. Have a look at verse 9. He says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Verse 11, believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. It's like Jesus is saying, if you want to come to God, then you need to come to me, because I am God. And it's true. Have a look at verse 1. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. And I reckon that's the antidote to <laughs> bewilderment and despair. That's where we find the only way to God. That's where we find real truth about God. And that's where we find the fullness of life for now and into eternity. So a message like that, well, it's not only quite extraordinary, it's also really, really, really important. It's so important that I don't want you to miss it. It's so important, I don't want you to misunderstand it. You see, Jesus is not saying that if you believe in a generic God out there somewhere, then everything will turn out good in the end. That's sentimental nonsense. That's the God of Walt Disney, who sang to us every week. Break out in song, if you like. He says, when you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. 
Anything your heart desires will come to you. That is just so sweet. But it's also just so stupid. Okay. For though it might be the desire of nearly everyone, it, it's also the experience of absolutely nobody. You see, Jesus is not saying just believe as if the force of wishful thinking might turn fantasy into reality. Jesus is saying that it's not enough to believe in God simply by name. Even the great I Am, the Lord God, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, he is mighty to save. There is no question about that. But he doesn't even exist, let alone save, apart from his triunion with Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit of truth, our advocate with the Father. What Jesus is saying is that if we want peace with God, then we need to trust him, no less than we would trust God himself. For Jesus is God, co-equal with the Father. To know Jesus is to know the Father. To see Jesus is to see the Father. And we can know Jesus by faith. Faith that's grounded not in wishful thinking, but in the promise of the Father to send a Saviour, in the work of the Saviour to bear our sins on the cross, and in the resurrection of the Son, who shall come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Now that is not wishing upon a star. That's placing our undivided trust in God's greatness and his goodness, accomplished for us in Christ Jesus the Lord and sealed for us by God's Holy Spirit. So friends, if you do believe, I want you to be encouraged. Jesus has not abandoned us as orphans. Instead, he's promised to come again to us so that we will be where he is. And if you're not sure, if you don't yet believe, I also want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. And the challenge is this. Do not think that Jesus is just a helpful teacher giving general directions as you travel on the My Way Highway. He's not like that at all. His directions are clear, his words are true, and he offers life to save us from death and judgment. He's not a policeman, he's a saviour. And he saves us from sin's curse by dying for us on the cross. And if ever there was a reason to turn around and go the other way, to go God's way, then I reckon that's it. Because God loves you, he sent his son to die for you. And even though we do not as yet see him, we know that he's gone to prepare a place for us and he shall come again to take us to himself. And as we wait, he leaves his peace with us. His peace he gives to us. He doesn't give to us as the world gives, by measure and by merit, but he gives to us by grace, fully and freely.
So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing now and we're going to sing Mortal, Invisible, God Only Wise.